It's a Twins bullpen implosion again in a 4-3 loss to the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Let's break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Nash Walker. I've been writing at Twins Daily for over two years. been hosting this podcast for over two years. It's my fourth season at Twins Daily. It's my third season at the pod. And man, have I seen some bullpen implosions, especially over the last two years. Tyler Duffy is not exempt from that. He blows it. Again tonight, sixth inning. I don't want to place this all on Tyler Duffy, but Tyler Duffy gave up two solo homers in the sixth when the Twins had a, a 3-2 lead, and they lose three, and it sucked. I want to talk about Duffy today. I want to talk about the offense again. I want to talk about how the Twins have trouble at Kauffman, at least recently, uh, finding ways to win. Talk about Gary Sanchez, and we'll talk about Byron Buxton because this team, as we know, and it's sometimes forgotten because he does miss so much time, is just not even close to this about him. So we'll talk about him today and the options the Twins have in that department. Let's talk about Tyler Duffy. I think people sometimes misinterpret the situation with Tyler Duffy. The biggest thing with Tyler Duffy, he was amazing in the second half of 2019. He was amazing in 2020. I, I know I throw words around like that. I throw amazing, awesome. I try to limit, I try to find spots for those words. Tyler Duffy was legitimately one of the best relievers in baseball in 2019, 2020 combined. He was top five, if not, you know, top three in wins above replacement might've been top 10, but he was up there. He was up there in wins above replacement, 19 and 20 combined ERA department, everything. He was awesome for the twins. He was 94, 95 with the fastball with that nasty knuckle curve. He put out a ton of fires for the twins. He was a, the fireman setup man for, for Taylor Rogers in 2019 and 2020. And then comes out in 2021 in spring training and his velocity on his fastball is down two miles an hour. And I remember watching spring training and we're always told it doesn't matter. Like they're building up, they're building up. I'm like, fine. Okay, whatever. Tyler Duffy's fastball is at 92, whatever. And then it drags into the season. He's throwing 92 with his fastball in the regular season and he gets destroyed in the first couple months of the year. Bounce back in the second half, found a way to use his fastball at, at a lesser velocity. But the problem with this is Hitters are no longer scared of getting beat by his fastball, especially with how many relievers, how many pitchers are throwing 90s, throwing 100 these days. 91-92 out of the bullpen from a right-handed pitcher is BP for guys in, in Major League Baseball today. They're not scared of getting beat by Tyler Duffy's fastball. So why wouldn't you just sit on his curveball? He's got two pitches. He's not going to throw the fastball by you. He can barely locate it at this point. Sit curveball. Hunter Dozier, first pit, sit curveball, destroys it. Or they're sitting fastball and they're adjusting to the curveball. They can sit anything on Tyler Duffy because, A, he's not throwing hard at all, and, B, he's not locating. He's not locating. He's hanging breaking balls. He's BP right now. He really is. Tyler Duffy can work at 91-92. He can. He showed that in the second half of last year. But he has to be almost perfect with the breaking ball in the outer half of the plate. you got to spot him up against right-handed hitters. You don't feel amazing about him in high-leverage spots anyway, and he's got to come through and execute. If you're going to put him out there 
in the sixth inning of a one-run game. It's the sixth inning. Like, let's be real about what high leverage is. That's medium leverage. That's a medium leverage spot. That's not a high leverage spot in the sixth inning. 3-2, you have a, a one-run lead. Some five, six, seven, I think, in the Royals' order in a lineup that's not that great. Salvador Perez gets them. Salvi had two. Anytime the Royals beat the Twins, it feels like Salvi's at the heart of it. He was again tonight. Gets Chris Archer. Gets Tyler Duffy. Then Hunter Dozier, who's been literally one of the worst players in baseball since the end of 2019. He's got he's got power and he's had a good start to the season. Just hangs a first pitch breaking ball, like just hangs it. It's it's frustrating to watch, and I understand the frustration from Twins fans of, of why did you put him out there? Why didn't Joe Smith go out for another inning? Joe Smith got that inning ending double play from Bobby Witt. Salvi Perez is coming up. You're a submarining right hander. Why wouldn't you let Joe Smith pitch another inning in the sixth with righties coming up in Perez and Benintendi split them and then Dozier? Mistake. Mistake. It, it ended up being a mistake. Tyler Duffy, Brandon and I talked about it tonight. I think you got to move him to that, the lower left, like literal lower leverage spots late in games, low leverage or middle innings, low leverage. And when I say low leverage, I mean twins are up by five or twins are down by three and Tyler Duffy's in the game. He doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have the stuff anymore. And that's not an end all be all for him. He's a free agent after this year as well. It's not an end-all be-all for Tyler Duffy that he doesn't have his best stuff. He can still get outs, but that comes with good command. He has not good stuff. He has not good command, and that is not a good combo for the Minnesota Twins for their bullpen. The bullpen's been largely atrocious. They've blown leads. It's been Duffy at the forefront of those blown leads in the Seattle game and then now again tonight. It's frustrating, and you know they traded away Taylor Rogers, and, and these guys have to be elevated. Tyler Duffy, elevation. Yohan Duran, elevation. Emilio Pagan, Joe Smith gets that double play. Hard hit ball from Bobby Wood Jr. Got the double play. Did his job. Do your job, dude. It's the sixth inning. And you're facing, yes, yeah, Salvador Perez is a tough out. We know that. But Hunter Dozier and Andrew Benintendi, it's not that difficult. That lineup, this isn't, you know, the Yankees with Jeter and A-Rod in the middle of their lineup in the ninth inning of a one-run game. Giving up so, two solo homers like that is just a backbreaker. Let's talk about this offense because this, I, as I know it sounds, and I am frustrated about Tyler Duffy blowing that game, but this offense again tonight, just not getting it done. Let's talk about it after this word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for everything you need sporting wagering information. Sporting wagering information, odds, anything you need, Bet Online is the place to go. We love Bet Online. Bet Online has supported us for so, so long. Go over there, check out all they have to offer mobile, desktop, whatever you're looking for. Bet Online is great for you. Go to Bet Online, tell them Lockdown sent you. It is where the game starts. So, Tyler Duffy blows this in the six, but Twins offense had chances to bust this thing open. This is not a hard matchup. Like Carlos Hernandez was throwing hard. He was throwing hard, 95 to 97. It's not, it's not an easy matchup. You got to go in there tonight and find a way to scratch across a couple more runs. And even if you don't against Carlos Hernandez, which they didn't, they scored three. Gary Sanchez had a really nice game. He leads the team in, in RBI right now. Gary Sanchez driving in runs tonight. Gio Urshela had a nice base knock to, to score a run. 
Max Kepler had a nice base hit to try to spur a rally there in the eighth. You got to find ways to win games. Like these pile up. We talk about this. I talked about it last year at the beginning of the season. I'm talking about it now at the beginning of the season. These losses pile up. They had chances again. They had chances to take control of this game, to get a big hit. They're just not getting it. Cal Garlic, first and second in the eighth inning, flies out to center. In the ninth inning, Luis arrives at first after a walk. Josh Stamon is all over the plate. Can't throw a strike. Jorge plays at a pitch. I know it was a checkish swing. He swung at a pitch at his eyes. First and second, one out with Carlos Correa coming up is so much different than a rise on first with two outs or Celestino, excuse me, on first. He pinch ran in that spot after the arise walk. That is such a different scenario right there. Kepler's on deck. You got Correa. It's first and second. There's one out. Base hit ties the game. It's Carlos Correa. Instead, it's it's Celestino on first, and it's two outs, and the, the rally is just killed. The Twins have been shooting themselves in the foot with you know stretches of poor at-bats, stretches where they're just not breaking through and getting those big hits, stretches of bullpen implosions. It hasn't been the rotation. The rotation every single night, every single day, gives them a chance to win. Like Josh Winder picked up for Sonny Gray, kept the Twins in that ball game in the one game this weekend where they really got blown out. Josh Winder kept them in that game. And then the Red Sox kind of pulled away bullpen again, kept him in that game. The starters, and in Sonny Gray's case, when he left that game and Winder came, have given the Twins a chance to win every game. And that's not just the offense. That's giving the bullpen a chance as well. Keeping the Twins in games. That's what they've done through these first 11. And the Twins are 4-7 and seven, with that being true. And I said this yesterday. You can look at this one of two ways. You can look at it as in, man, the rotation's going to regress. Like, they're not going to be as good as they've been. And I would say, yeah, I agree. They're probably not going to be as good as they've been. Certainly not Dylan Bundy. And Joe Ryan's going to – he's still a rookie. He's, he's, he's great. I really like Joe Ryan. They're going to go through some lumps. This is still a youngish rotation with, with Ober and Ryan. And Winder pitching should pitch a lot as well. The rotation should regress in some way. I'm not saying I think it's going to be bad. I never said I thought the rotation would be terrible. I said it could be good. It could be bad. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. That's where I'm still at. Right now, it's been good. It's going to be, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. It could lean bad. It could lean good. I know that's such a broad way of talking about it, but I think this rotation is volatile. I think you have some guys who have potential, of course, in Ober and Ryan and, and Archer, even and Paddock, even who are talented and just have dealt with things and they can pitch well for this team and give them a chance to win every day. And so far, they have. So you can look at it as this rotation will regress and the offense isn't hitting. They're going to lose a lot of games. Or you can look at it and say, Pitching staff's giving them a chance to win. The bullpen's blowing some games. They're adjusting this bullpen. They lost their closer in Rodgers, which is on them. They traded away Taylor Rodgers. They chose to do that. They're working things out in the bullpen. They're going to figure out where guys slot in. The offense will come around, and as the rotation continues to pitch well, or at least relatively well, they will win They will win ball games. I could see either of those things happening, really. I could see somewhere in the middle happening as well. That's probably what's, what's going to happen. That's what ends up happening usually. You have a spectrum of outcomes for a season, and the 50th percentile is the most likely to happen, right? And that's, you know, the bats come alive a little bit. Pitching regresses a little bit. Twins have some injuries, and they just kind of float. They float. I have talked about this at length, the importance of weathering the April storm. It doesn't get easier. Like, they got the they got the White Sox, the Tigers, and then they got the Rays 
for nine games. Like that's that's in the races in Tampa Bay. Don't love that. I mean, I don't think the Tigers are going to be great this year, and that's at Target Field. But the White Sox absolutely destroyed the Twins last year, like just into submission last year. And I think they're licking their chops to play the Twins again. Um, certainly their pitching staff is licking their chops to play the Twins again and probably their, their lineup against this Twins bullpen. Don't like that this weekend, even if the White Sox rotation is a little bit dampened. So you have to win this series. Like you, that's part of this equation. That's part of weathering this storm is you got you got to win this series at the K. You got to find a way to win these games. It sucks that when the Twins get down by one run in the last two years, it feels like it's it it does feel like it's ten, and that that sucks. Let's look forward optimistically. Let's talk Byron Buxton. I want to get to that after this word from Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, save time and money when using rock auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I will I will say this until the end of time. Until, until he's no longer a twin, which is hopefully a retirement, and it looks like it might be. Byron Buxton is the heart and soul of the Minnesota Twins. He is their guy. It can be argued that you don't want your guy to be someone who doesn't play very much at all. I wouldn't want it to be anybody else. I've made that very clear. As a person, as a player, Byron Buxton is this team's leader. This is Byron's team. Carlos Correa said it best. This is Byron's team. Not only is he the guy on this team for the next seven years, he is the heart and soul. He brings the energy for these guys. They shouldn't need that energy. He brings this magneticism. I'm not saying when he's gone, that's an excuse for these guys to not play well or, or have energy or like come up with some rallies. He brings an energy on a daily basis that it inevitably rubs off on everybody else. That's part of why you see the Twins record so shiny when Byron Buxton plays since 2019. There are some sampling issues with that. You know, some of those games he came in and played defense in a game they were winning, and you count that. But games he started even, if you split it up in games he started, Twins are just an infinitely better team with Byron Buxton on the field. That's because he's an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. It's because he's an amazing player. He also brings something intrinsically. He brings something that you can't quantify, and that's an energy and a buzz and a, and a love for the game and a, just his aura helps this team. In a way that's hard to explain, honestly. And the best news of this all is that it's not a major injury. That we're talking about days with Byron Buxton. We're not talking about weeks. If he was out for months, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saying this right. Now. I mean, I would. I'd be saying, "God, it sucks." Byron Buxton's out, but I'd be saying it for months. And it, this doesn't mean that he's not going to have more injuries down the road. We know the story with Byron Buxton. They need him back right now. Like they they need him back in those days. And I think everybody's just waiting for him to be back in this lineup. And he's not going to be the key to unlocking this offense. Like, these guys need to hit. Trevor Larnick needs to find a way to produce. Max Kepler has to produce. Carlos Correa has to do something. These guys need to, need to hit. Without Buxton, 
when Buxton gets added back to this lineup, it's just a whole other dimension defensively and offensively. So I'm hoping he's back soon. But I am a little frustrated because the Twins just, they don't have a lot of guys they could pull up if they move Buxton to the injured list. But it is annoying how slow the process has been for how it was presented. And I know it was presented like he'll miss a week or so. And then we hear today, he's just starting to get going. Like he's just starting to get moving again. And it's like, why didn't you put him on the injured list? Why didn't you put him on the, and, and just try to lengthen your bench a little bit? It's just, I don't like the way it's presented and the way that it's played out. I thought there was a chance and I do expect him to return this weekend. Like I'm hoping he's going to return this weekend. I thought there was an outside chance he was going to play in this series. It doesn't, doesn't sound at all like he's going to play in this series. And if that's the case, I don't know if it's Jake Cave. I don't know if it's Royce Lewis, but the bench, you're not you're not always getting the matchups you want. Kyle Garlic first and second against a tough right-handed reliever late in that game is not an ideal situation. You know, Nick Gordon batting fifth today is not an ideal situation. The lineup itself is not great right now. And that's because Buxton's out. That's because Kirilov's out. I still think very highly of Kirilov when I see his name in the lineup because I think he's going to be a good player, health permitting. Doesn't look very good right now. You still have a bunch of talented hitters. You still have Carlos Correa. You still have Gary Sanchez, who's actually playing well. You still have Luis Arise and Jorge Polanco. You still have enough guys to beat the Royals at Kauffman in a series. I don't want to get too wound up. I feel like I have been animated in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to be animated because I, I do love this team, and I follow them on a daily basis, and they frustrate me, and they excite me, and all the things in between. That's baseball, baby. That's why we love this game uh, every single day. Every single day, it's a different game, and that's that's the beauty of it. Here's the best news. They're scheduled to play tomorrow. I don't know if they will with the rain, but they're scheduled to play tomorrow, and guess what? I will be back tomorrow breaking down a game or breaking down the rest of the series if this is rained out. Thank you so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major league's past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.